It's good to see everybody here. Well, those those bodies that are here, and uh, I'm sure there are those that are at home and that are watching, and I'm thankful for those as well. Thankful that uh, that uh, it seems to be, and keep praying for those that are sick. Uh, but it seems to be we've kind of hit the the wall, the end of of the of, of the COVID uh, here at the church anyway. So we'll be praying uh, for those that are still sick. We're praying for Gloria, for for uh, for uh, for Mike and Carol, uh, for Frank and Robin. Um, uh, how's, I believe Brother Don's doing fairly well. Um, and at this point, probably done with it. Um, so praise the Lord for that. Um, there are a few others. That, uh, but just uh, be praying for everybody. And that, uh, that uh, we can come back next week. I'm looking Wednesday, I'm looking forward to uh, being back together with God's people. And uh, not, that the, not that the ones that are here, uh, those... Uh, the, that uh, uh, not thankful for them here. I'm glad they're here. It's a whole lot better than preaching in empty pews. Um, but uh, uh, but uh, just uh, looking forward to what God has for us. Um, if you haven't already, take your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Now, I know for most of you, you're at home. Uh, hopefully most of you are at home, because if that's the case, this is sad. It's sad, but hopefully most of you are at home. Take your Bibles. Don't don't get too comfortable in that chair. Uh, my wife says that it's she has no trouble fall, uh, falling asleep here at church. Let me rephrase that. She doesn't fall asleep here at church. Uh, uh, the only time she ever struggles with trying to sit through a church service is when she's at home, sitting on the couch, because uh, it's comfortable. And uh, uh, But uh, remember, this is our time to, to serve the Lord, to worship the Lord in in uh, in song. And in spirit and uh, in, in his word. And so I encourage you to, to grab your Bibles, to follow along, and take notes if you have to, whatever you got to do to stay tuned to the word of God. Um, it isn't so much about my, my preaching or, or me. It isn't anything about me, believe me. I understand that completely. Uh, but uh, this is our time to, to where we can gather together around the word of God and and just relish of these truths. Uh, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to read down through verse 4. We're going to pray and ask God to, 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 to bless the service. So children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. Uh, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these truths uh, that we find in your word. What a, what a blessed understanding of salvation and what salvation uh, has done for us, Lord. I'm thankful for, for what Christ did in, in taking me from being dead in my sin and changing me. Lord, I'm thankful that in Christ I am a new creature and I, I'm no longer what I once was. Lord, I'm thankful that you are continuing to work in me uh, even now uh, as your child uh, to make me more and more like Christ uh, through your word. And God, I pray that we, as we look at these, these verses, Father, that, um, that, uh, that uh, we take them to heart, uh, that we under, understand the principles here and apply them to our lives. Uh, Lord, that we might bring honor and glory to your name, that we might walk worthy uh, of, of what you called us unto, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As we've continued uh, our study in Ephesians, it's been really interesting to, to see uh, what God has done for us and where God has brought us from. Uh, 
and what the truths of the Word of God, who they're meant for. They're meant for His children. They're meant for uh, each and every one of us. Uh, uh, the, if we, as we studied Ephesians 1, we, we saw the plan of God and, and, his, and the blessings of God in, in the salvation that was promised to us uh, through Jesus Christ, uh, through his death on the cross, through the plan of God, the Father, and through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. He's, he's working in us. He, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that put uh, that new life that's in you. Uh, if you're saved this morning, you are in Christ. And you have, the Bible says that you have been made to be accepted. What a wonderful truth that is. Because we're not acceptable on our own. The world wants to teach you otherwise. The, wor- the world wants to tell you that you can earn it on your own. You can earn it out of your good works. Or you know what? You're just good enough just the way you are. I don't know about you, but I know me. And, and the, the Bible teaches us something completely different, and, which shouldn't surprise us. Because Satan has always spent his, his entire time uh, after being cast out to twisting the word of God and twisting those truths to, to, to make us doubt and question what God's word has to say to us. Uh, so yes, the, uh, Dr. Phil is going to tell you, you're, and Oprah is going to tell you that you're worthy just the way you are and you don't need to change for anybody. Well, you don't need to change for anybody. But the Word of God tells us that we're all sinners and we need to be saved. It's, it's our sinfulness. It's an affront to God. It's, our, it's, it's nothing that we can do about it. That's, that's how we're born. But thanks be to God who, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could be made to be accepted, that we could be changed from what we once were to, 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 to what is acceptable unto God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, so, so these truths that we've, that we've been looking at, man, what a, what a blessing it is. And, and chapter two talks about, uh, that, and, and just, again, just a quick, just quick follow up of what we've done so far. Chapter two talks about that, that change. And do we really believe that that change took place in our life? Do you believe that when you got saved, that God really changed you? Because if there's no change, there's a problem. The Bible says in Second Corinthians that if we're in Christ, that every man that's in Christ is a new creature. The old has passed away, and behold, all things become new. Now, that doesn't mean we become immediately perfect. We all understand that. I hope we do. When you get saved, yes, Jesus, the God, sees the righteousness of Christ on you. He doesn't see your sinfulness. If you were to die today, even though you, you may have failed this morning, you are still saved because of the righteousness of Christ and being kept by the Holy Spirit. God sees you as, as, as a acceptable unto him because of Christ. But the same truth, that same Holy Spirit that started life in you, that put life into you, that, that caused you to be born again, is also causing you to mature and to grow in Christ. And that happens through the Word of God and, and through the Spirit of God. And we, 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 we talked about the putting off of the old man, the putting off of the new man, that if we really believe that God did this, then, then we need to walk worthy of, of the vocation with who we're called. We're, that, that name that we now bear is the name of Jesus Christ, and that, that we are now the, the child of God. And, and behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. It should amaze us that God would, that God would take us from where we were and make us his children. But not just, we're not some like second class redheaded stepchild that nobody wants to talk about that's stuck in the closet. He's he's making us to be like Jesus Christ. He's changing us through his word. And and, and so we're to put off that old man and we're to put on the new man. But in the meantime, as we're putting on the new man, 
We need to renew our minds, the spirit of our mind, through the Word of God. It's that, that saturation of the Word of God, and the Spirit of God begins to change us as, as we become uh, aware, and, and as, we, as, as the Spirit of God helps us to see what is sin and, and see what in our lives needs to be changed. And, and yes, there is that putting on of it. We need, there are certain things that we need to put off lying and put on the truth. They're, they're put off, if, we were, if we used to steal, we're to put off stealing and we're to work hard that we might give to others. There's, there is a practical, some practical things that, that we are to do as, as children of God. And, but it's all a, an outworking of the Spirit of God and the, and the Word of God in our hearts and our lives. In the last, this last in chapter 5, we were talking about how we are to, in verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. And we're going to talk about uh, in that chapter uh, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with, with, uh, with, with others, and how we're to submit ourselves one to another. Verse 21 talks about how wives are to submit, them, submit themselves unto the husbands, and husbands are to love the wife. And, and we talked about that marital relationship. It, it, one, of the, one of the first things that Satan is going to attack is going to be uh, if, he, if Satan's desire is to destroy the church. But what does the Bible say? That the gates of hell should not prevail against it. So, so Satan can't necessarily destroy the church, but what is the church made up of? People. And, and, and if it's a healthy church, it's made up of families. That's just a bunch of single individuals. Uh, and, and so if Satan's going to try to destroy the church, he's going to try to de- destroy our homes. And listen, we see this all over the place. Back in the uh, in, 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 back in the uh, the, the, the uh, civil rights era, uh, the the, the uh, the the the, uh, the single marriage or single parent homes uh, uh, where, where uh, kids raised up without fathers in the home uh, in the in the black community was somewhere around sixty five percent has increased uh, I believe to seventy nine percent now uh, are in single parent homes and and in the white in, in, in the white community it's it's done the exact same thing. Why? It's because it's, it's be, our culture is shifting. Our culture is changing. And, and, and Satan is, and Satan and the world are, are trying to get us to conform to the rest of the world and to, to, to come apart from what the Word of God teaches us. But what does God's Word teach us? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. And again, we talked about this in, in what that's truly talking about. It's not talking about a, a, a wife isn't good enough, or a wife isn't smart enough, or a wife is less than. It's talking about the, the hierarchy, that the, the God, because God is a God of order, and that the, the, the picture of marriage is a picture of, is a picture of Christ in the church, that, that there is a hierarchy, there is a responsibility that, uh, that God has given to the husband to lead the home. That the husband is to be the uh, to, to be the protector. The, God, the husband is to be the, the provider. The, God, the husband is to be the, the priest of the home. And again, it's not that the wife is uh, the wife is less. She's just fulfilling the role that God has created her to fulfill. Now that doesn't mean women can't go out and get jobs. That they're not smart enough to get jobs. And uh, this whole feminist movement is ridiculous. Because what it does is it says those women that choose to stay home and to raise their children are less than. I'm sorry, but that's the greater choice. Because if nobody ever stays home, who raises the children? The TV. What we're seeing now is a generation of young people growing up uh, uh, that, uh, that in, in our culture today, they're growing up being raised by the education system and television, Hollywood. Now, I, I'm not trying to downplay uh, the uh, 
the necessity of education. Our kids need an education. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But our schools are teaching much beyond what they're supposed to be teaching. Education used to be, uh, you, 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 when you, where you learned your manners was not in kindergarten. Where you learned how to, how to act and be was not the teacher's responsibility. It's a parent responsibility. You, the ki- kids were sent to school to learn how to write and to read and to, to, to do arithmetic. Now it's, it's much of it is social justice and social stuff and, and, and it has nothing to do or very little to do with those things that are needed. So Satan wants to attack the homes. He attacks the, the marital relationships. He also attacks our children. There is no greater attack today on Christianity than, than, than on Christian children. It starts from the very beginning. And the first time that kid turns on TV, you say, that's not true. I didn't used to think so. But the, more, the older I, I've gotten, the more I've watched how TV has changed over the years. They, they begin to start indoctrinating uh, our, our children with, with the, the, the thoughts they want as, as kids through, t- through television. Uh, I, I first began to grasp with this back when most of you are too old. Stacy might remember Captain Planet. Oh, wow, that's, that's, uh, uh, I was a little bit older for that. My sister started. To, my sister would watch it. Oh, uh, Brother James remembers Captain Planet. It was the first cartoon that came out that I saw that, that was really pushing an agenda. The whole, uh, uh, you know, uh, people, uh, people uh, the oil companies are bad and they just want to destroy the earth. And uh, it was pushing an agenda. These, these, five, uh, these five characters came together, these, teen, these kids who all had magical abilities. It was, it was ridiculous. What was it doing? It was pushing an agenda. They're still pushing agendas today. Uh, in, uh, it, it, was it... Uh, there's a, a TV show that, that Ezekiel liked that was called uh, um, something in potato. I, I can't remember now. Chip potato is what it was. It's cute little this little cartoony thing uh, that uh, this little this little girl has a has what, what everybody thinks is a potato, but it's just a, a mouse that's ears fold up, and it's a little friend, and they they go on adventures together. That looks cute. Until the next door neighbors moved in, and it was it was uh, two zebras. It was uh, I can't remember uh, Dazzle and Razzle, two two uh, two two men and their little baby, two male zebras and a little baby. What's that doing? It's pushing an agenda. The, 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 the world is out there, and listen, they get these these minds are they're just sponges, and they're just a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and a little bit there until. You try to teach your children what the Word of God has to say about homosexuality. And, well, why, that's just not fair. Why would God do that? God didn't create that. God did not create that. Uh, uh, but in, in God's eyes, it is, it is wicked and sinful. They, they, they chose it, but, but you, their minds are already tainted with the sinfulness. So, so we need to understand that, that, that Satan is going to try to destroy our kids and, and give them a problem with authority. Have you, have you, have you seen any of these, uh, these Disney shows where they're, they're kind of younger, that the adults are all stupid and, and inept and unable to con, con, put even a sentence together while the children are the ones that, that, that make all the decisions and are right about everything? That's the world's pushing 
Uh, they, they even go so far as to say the teachers are, 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 aren't able to come up with those. Uh, they're all foolish and they're all stupid and they're all dumb. What's that do? It says authority. I'm smarter than the people that are in authority over me. Well, here this, this passage that we're, we're looking at this morning is in, in chapter 6, verse 1. First, in chapter 5, we talked about husbands and wives. Now we're talking about the children. Listen, God's word isn't just for moms and dads. It's not just for husbands and wives. When, when my kids got saved, listen, the, the life that Christ put in them was the same life he put in me. And the work that God can do in them is the same that God can do in me. But the, the same dangers that there are for you and the same dangers there are for me about the, being conformed to this world are the same that my kids have to face. So as a parent, I need to be careful about what they watch. And we'll, we'll get to that if we get to, as we get to the end of this. But, but understand that the word of God here is for our kids. Now, well, there aren't any kids here this morning. But I hope there are some kids watching. And I hope there are some parents that are watching to understand what the word of God has to say about how our, our children are to be in relationship to us. It's not that we're to abuse our children. It's not that we're to, uh, to uh, be uh, in a, in, in abuse the authority that we have. But God's word can work in, in our kids just like it can work in us. And what, what we see here is, is all throughout this, this, this passage is it's talking about the authority of, of one who has authority over one who doesn't have authority. Husbands and wives, the, the wives are to willingly submit to their husbands. It's a God-given authority. It's God-given responsibility. Guess what, kids? Uh, if, you're, if you're watching and pay attention, pay close attention, write notes, God has given your parents authority over you. The older you get, the smarter you get. The more wise you are. Now that doesn't mean parents are, are, the, are, are, are always right. And it doesn't mean that parents don't sometimes make mistakes. And, uh, but if they're godly parents, they're going to love you. And they're going to they're try to do what's right. But even if they don't, and even if they're wrong about something, God still says, they have authority over you. And as a child, the, in the, with, being filled with the Spirit, there are some responsibilities that you have as a, as a Christian young person. And this goes from whether they're five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up till they're 18. And honestly, our kids' brains aren't all that, aren't completely formed until they're in the early 20s. So, so maybe it's good to listen, even if you moved out of the house or you're off in college, it might be good to, to call your parents for some, for some advice or for some counsel. First thing I want you to see is this outward obedience. Uh, verse 1 says children. We know who he's talking to. He's talking to children. And not, the, not just the children of God, but he's talking to saved young people. And I'm, I, I, I'm grateful for the young people that we have at our church. Uh, God has blessed us with, uh, we have almost uh, 22, 23 kids that come to our church on a regular basis. Uh, uh, praise God for that. Uh, but but God's word is for them too, and and as parents we love we love these verses. We like to remind our kids of these verses. Children, obey your parents. But let's see what it really what this really means. There's an outward obedience, a submissive spirit here. He says, "Children, obey your parents." Now, the, the word obey literally uh, means a, a couple of things. It, it means to have a, an ear that is attentive to the voice of the parent. An ear that's attentive to the voice. Uh, kind of like when Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. Uh, uh, it's, uh, every child knows the voice of their mother and father. 
as, as a, it, 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 you should be able to pick that voice out of a room. It shouldn't, there shouldn't be any difficulty in that. Why? Because your ears in tune to what your parent has to say. What, and, and so he's saying, listen, your Paul's saying, children, your, your, your parent is the authority that God has placed over you. Your ears are to be attentive to their voice. Uh, uh, you should be attending to, to what, they, what, what, you would, what they would have you to do. As a young person, my ear was attentive to a certain aspect of the voice of my mother. I didn't... Uh, necessarily here for her to call my name, which is what I should have been doing. What I, what I would do was I would listen to a certain tremor that she would get in her voice. And if I knew it got any farther beyond that, then I'd be in trouble. And so uh, I, I would, if I was, typically this is what I was, I, I wasn't out doing too much trouble. I'd be reading a book, uh, sitting there reading a book, and, but not wanting to put it down. And I'd hear, Rob. A few minutes later, we'd go by and I'd hear, Rob. Notice that there's a little difference there. The tone became a little bit harsher. And, and then, Robert. And then when I heard, Robert Allen Richards, yeah? I knew at that point I could probably explain away why I hadn't answered. I just didn't hear you. It's a lie. I heard her. See, my, my ear was in tune to hear it, but, uh, but, but I wasn't in tune enough to obey it. Uh, I, I heard the voice of my mom. I knew, and, there were, and I'll be honest, there were times when I really didn't hear it, uh, where I got so absorbed in what I was doing. Uh, and, and that shouldn't be. He said, he said, children, obey your parents. But how did kids get to that point? We make them that way as parents. So if I got punished the first time, and, and, and my, my, my parents believed in spare the rod, spoil the child. Uh, I got spanked plenty when I was a kid, uh, and, and not, a, not in, a, in an abusive way. And, and the, the, the Bible, the Bible uh, teaches that we're to, 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 to spank our children. Uh, and so, on. But, so, but our kids will take it as far as we allow them to take it. We need to tr our children need to try to in tune their, their ear to the voice of the parent. Not only uh, with, the, with this outward obedience that we see here in having their ear attentive to the cry, there also needs to be an, an, an adherence, a, a, an actual obedience to what's going on. Uh, if my mom said, hey, take out the trash, I should take out the trash. So that's basic stuff. We're talking about kids, Right? Kids don't like to do things that they don't like to do. And if you've got kids, you've, you, there have been times that you've had to repeat yourself. Uh, times, when, uh, times when you've had, and listen, when you were a kid, there were times when your parents had to repeat themselves. Now, how many times they had to repeat themselves uh, may have depended on, on uh, their response to, to, to your disobedience. But, but Paul's, but Paul's uh, uh, exhortation here to the kids is, listen, listen for your parents' voices and obey. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? Why is uh, the, this, uh, this outward obedience so important? Why? Because if uh, obedience to your parents is, is, guess what? It's obedience to the Lord. Because God is the one who told us to be obedient to our parents as, as kids. So, so there, 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 there's a, a, a definite spiritual uh, thing here. And the disobedience or, or not doing what you know is to, be, to, to do right, the Bible says that's sin. 
He's talking to Christian kids, Christian young people. And it's important for them to understand. They say, well, my, my parents make the wrong decisions sometimes. Every parent does because there's no perfect parent other than God the Father. But that does not change the fact that kids are supposed to obey their parents. This morning, I asked one of my children to do something. And I won't name the child. It wasn't anything difficult. But they hemmed, they hawed, they, they questioned. They, in the end, somebody else did what I'd asked them to do. And in talking to him, I said, I said, uh, I said, did I ask you to do this? Yes. Did you do it? Well, but uh, not, no, yes or no? No. Then they said, well, what if you, what, you asked me to do something wrong? I said, have I ever asked you to rob a bank? No. Have I ever asked you to do anything that was sinful? No. I said, if I do, don't listen to me. Because we're to obey God over man. However, even if you can rationalize why you shouldn't have to do it in your own mind, obedience to your parents is obedience to God. And, and it's, it's important for, for kids to grasp that. It's not just that, that, that what they're doing is they're rationalizing away why they don't have to listen to that authority. And if they can do that as kids, guess what? We can do it as adults when it's God the Father that we're trying to rationalize why we're not listening to do what God's leading us to do. Well, it just doesn't make sense. To me, it doesn't matter whether it makes sense to me. There's a, a, an inward empowerment. How do they do that? Uh, they'll be able to live in that obedience all the time, living with their ear attuned to God. I notice that verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, well, you go back, going back to chapter 5, verse 18, uh, the, same way that, uh, the same way that Christians do anything that's right all the time, they, they do it in the Lord, uh, being filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says that back in Galatians chapter 5, that if we walk in the Spirit, that let us, uh, if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit, uh, that will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The lusts of the flesh go against the things of the Word of God. So if we're going to do what, if we're going to be obedient to the Word of God, obedient to the commands of God, then we need to be filled with the Spirit to do that. Our kids can be fear filled, can they not? If they're saved... If they're saved, they have the Holy Spirit in them just as much as you or I do. And they can be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. They can get the ear of God just as much as anybody else can. In fact, sometimes I think better because they have a childlike faith. <laughs> Ezra, the last two, two years we've come back from New York City. I don't know what it is, leaving New Jersey, for some reason, he always drinks all of his drink before we get out of New Jersey, and we're coming into New York City, and I don't know about you, but I hate driving through New York. Uh, I don't know where I'm going, I don't want to get off, because I don't want to get off in the wrong part of town, and, and not be able to get back on, or get lost, whatever, and, and, uh, and, and two times now, two times, he'll be in my ear, one, will need gas, two, he'll be like, Dad, I've got to go to the bathroom, I'm like, buddy, I don't know where to get off, I got, and, and, and I don't want to get stuck, you know, and he'll like, I said, I said, the first time, we just heard, uh, he had just heard a, a great message on prayer, and I said, I told Ezra, I said, pray about it, and it wasn't, 30 seconds later, after he prayed, my GPS redirected us. It wasn't like I just started looking. It redirected us off, <laughs> off and there, hey, there's, there's a restaurant, there's a, 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 a gas station. 
Same thing on the way down this last time we went to New Jersey to go to this conference. He's like, Dad, I gotta go to the bathroom. And he's like, he's almost crying. He has to go to the bathroom so bad. I said, Well, buddy, pray. I don't know what to tell you. And the GPS sent us on this little thing, and literally there's a gas station like right on the on ramp. I don't I don't know how I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Good job praying, buddy. Why? Because he prayed with faith. He said, God did it for me before. I said, well, that's just stupid. Why would we pray about something like that? Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Do we realize that even our greatest problems are small in the eyes of God? So do you think that your, that your child's small desire, small need, uh, if he's passionately praying with faith, God might not hear an answer? They have just the, as much ability to be filled with the Spirit, to, 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 to walk in the Spirit and to obey their parents as as we do as being filled with the Spirit and obeying the Word of God. And that's Paul's command here to those children. Obey your parents in the Lord. Remembering that we can, uh, we're, we're to do this being filled with the Spirit and that our obedience to a, ch- a child's obedience to their parents is obedience to God. And we have the perfect motivation for the trite. But this is right. Your parent may not be right, but your obedience to your parent is right. Your, your, your parent may be faulty. Your parent may make, make, make poor decisions. We, we all do at times. Uh, uh, but, but whether or not a parent is right or not, as long as it's not against the word of God, it is the duty of the child to be obedient to the parent. Because just like the husband isn't always perfect, and the wife, it's, it's that hierarchy that God has given to us. Micah chapter 2, I believe it's Micah. Micah chapter 6, not chapter 2, verse 8, tells us what the Lord requires of us. It's to do justly and to have mercy and to walk humbly with our God. To do justly is to, to do righteousness, to be righteous. God calls even our children to do that which is righteous. There's a, that's how God would have us to live our lives. And we see the outward obedience there in verse 1. We see the second part of his command to the children in verse 2. And this would be more an inward reverence. Verse 2 says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. The word honor, it's the word tomeo, to prize, to, to fix a value upon, to revere. It's talking more about the inward attitude that we have towards, uh, uh, towards a person. So you can, you can be obedient without having reverence. You can, uh, you can have obedience, uh, uh, outward obedience, where physically my body is doing what, I'm, what I was told to do, but inwardly my heart is completely against it. Yeah, sometimes you ever see a child who is sitting down, but on the on the inside they're standing up, taking out the trash, but they're slamming the thing down. I saw a video of this guy who's was, was taking out the trash, and and I don't know if he was angry or what he was doing, but he went like this and just slamming in there, and the bag ripped, and the trash went everywhere. I've done that as a young person after being told to take out the trash. Um, 
there's outward obedience where it looks like they're doing what they're supposed to do, but inwardly they, they are angry about it. They're upset about it. It's not fair that I've been asked to do this. The third, this is somebody, so-and-so's chore. Why have I? Listen, when it says to honor thy parents, what it's saying is that, what it's saying is that, you are, uh, that you're reverencing the, the authority that God has given to them. You, 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 you understand that they have authority, and, and out of love, you're obe- obeying what they've asked you to do. Children, obey your parents. But there needs to be an inward reverence. Uh, when I say that, we don't reverence your parents like you reverence God, but you love your parents. God is, is to be above all else, but you are to love your parents. So when your mom and dad ask you to do something, do it with joy. I, 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 I tried to put it to my kids like this. I said, if Jesus were to, to show up and ask you to do what it is that I've asked you to do, Right? Whatever chore, pick the worst chore uh, uh, that you can think of in the house that you could be asked to do and, as, as a kid. Uh, and if Jesus showed up and he was the one that said, I love you, would you do this for me? What would your response be? I don't know about you, but, but I, 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 our response should be the, the, those three men who went and got water for David just because they heard that he was thirsty. I mean, I could do something for David. I, I love him so much. I, I just want to. I want to. I want to honor him. I want to. I want to serve him. And they went and they fought their way into this well that they that, that they couldn't get to, risking their lives. And they they got to the water. They fought their way back out and they presented it to, to, to David. Why? Because they loved him. They reverenced him. He's the king. And David took it and poured it out as a drink offering unto the Lord. If Jesus asked me to do something, I mean, if, if, he, if he showed up, uh, man, uh, I would have been excited to be the one to be asked to do it. Uh, uh, there's a there's a, a, a show out called uh, The Chosen. It's a series uh, based upon the go- based upon the Gospels. And Jesus, had, in in one of the episodes, Jesus asked James and John, the sons of thunder, uh, to go out and to plow a field. Man, they were like they. they now they were talking about them doing the work, and they were thinking that God was lifting them up, and Christ was lifting them up in asking them to do this work. Listen, if Christ asks us to do something, it should be an honor for us to do it. There should be a joy in our heart to serve, because God has called us to do it, just like there should be in the joy of a heart of a child. Now, our flesh will question. Our flesh will say, it's not fair. Our flesh will say, why, why didn't that one get asked? But, but if it's done out of love, if we, if we look at our parents and revere our parents like we're supposed to, it'll be a joy to, to be able to be a help to them. And I, listen, we, if you've got kids, you know that there are times when your kids do something because, they're, they, because they just want to, they want to please you and they love you. And that's how it should always be. It should never be grudgingly. It should never be angrily. It should, it should never be uh, because we made them or out of fear. Because that's not what God, Christ is the, is the ultimate parent. Or, or God is the ultimate parent. We're to, we're to parent like they are. We're to also, as children, we are to, to, to serve him. Just like our children are to serve their parents. It's an inward reverence, inner attitude of willing submission. An understanding and acknowledgement that parents are the God-giving authority. And notice lastly here in this, in this third verse that there's a, a promised outcome. 
promised outcome is this. Verse 3, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So kids, this is, this is what we've gone over so far. No, there's no kids here. But for those that are home, and, 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 and honestly, it's, it, it works well for us too as adults, uh, because we're, we're to obey God the Father just like our children are to obey us. And, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, but, but kids, the, the, what God has told you to do is to obey your parents, have your ears in tune to your parents' voices, and, and, and joyfully, with, with reverence and with joy, serve your parents. Do those things that they've asked you to do. Don't do it grudgingly. Don't do it angrily. Don't, uh, uh, don't do it half-heartedly. Do it, do it with joy, with a desire to please your parents. And here's a promise as to what will happen if you do. There's two, it's two parts. The first part is, is found in, in the first part of the verse. There, verse 3. It says, that it may be well with thee. There will be uh, ex, ex, enriched developments in your life. God will bless you. God will bless you because of your obedience to your parents. Say, so, well, I, I've never seen that. Have you been obedient to your parents with the right heart? Does God keep his promises? Everyone. Everyone. Now, we're not told to, tempt, to, to test God's promises in, in any place other than in giving unto the, in, in giving unto the Lord in, in, in the Old Testament. But you know what? And I'm not saying test God. I'm just saying if you find yourself in a position where kids where where you are you're being asked to do something if you do it with joy god will bless you because he says he will i don't know how it will happen maybe he'll bless you with a better relationship with your mom and dad or a better relationship with your brothers and sisters maybe god will bless you with uh, uh, with just uh, in your life as, as things or things work as things work out uh, the bible doesn't exactly say how he'll bless you he says he will bless you so I can guarantee you that there will be blessings. And not only blessings, but an extended life. I don't know how that works. I don't know if you get an extra day for every good thing. I, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But it says you have an extended life. In fact, it says that this is, this is the, the, the commandment with promise. See that in verse 2, which is the first commandment with promise. God gave you this commandment and a promise to bless you and to enrich your days. And you find that in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, Deuteronomy 5, chapter 16, that God promises to bless you and extend your life if you're obedient to, uh, to, to, to your parents and if you honor your parents. What does, that, what does that have to do with us, older folks? Same principles apply. Children, obey your father. This is right. There needs to be a, an attentive ear. So how can my ear be attentive to a, a voice I'll never hear? Partly through the reading and study of the word of God. So that God doesn't speak to us through voices anymore. Uh, you say, I'm just waiting for the angel to show up and to give, deliver me the message that God has for me. It's already here. And somewhere between Genesis 1 1 
in Revelation chapter 21. It's, in the, it's from the beginning to the end. It's in there. God has a, a, a general message for you. It's, it, God gives us everything that we need in the word of God that we can mature, that we can grow, that we can live here on this earth, and that God can transform us from what we, what we were to what he wants us to be. But if we don't have an attentive ear, if our, if our ear is not inclined to what God would have for us, we'll never hear it. We can read it and never see it. It can be preached to us but we'll sit there staring in, staring into space, minds dreaming about whatever, whoever's playing baseball later or, or football, I don't even know what season it is, uh, or, or what's, what's, what's coming for lunch. We can, we can sit there and miss all of it. Fall asleep on the couch, wherever you're at, you, you can miss it if your ear is not attentive to the voice that God has for us. And that Holy Spirit, he has a way of talking to us Sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes God, the Spirit, speaks to us in, in, in ways that have nothing to do with what the pastor's saying. You ever, you ever notice that? Uh, I used to love it when Pastor Williams was preaching. He'd get up here and he'd be preaching, and I'd, I'd, I would be reading, and then my mind would slide over, not my mind, but my eyes would slide over, and, and I'd catch another verse over here, and that's the verse that God would convict me about. Had nothing to do with the message, but God, but God put me in the, it didn't happen that way every time. But listen, if our ears are attentive, if we allow the Holy Spirit, uh, meaning our hearts to be soft and tender, and say, God, speak to me today. Lord, I need to hear from you today. Whether that's through the preaching of the word or our own personal Bible study, or just being discerning and open to, the, to what God would work in our lives. Listen, uh, there are some things that, are, that God generally speaks to all Christians. Right, there are certain things, but but God also specifically speaks to us as individuals. When God called Samuel, that message was for Samuel; it was not for anybody else. When God called David, when God when God separated out Paul and Silas, listen, those messages were for them. Say, well, He spoke to them in a voice. Listen, God doesn't speak to us in a voice, but God can still speak to us. When God called me to preach, I did not hear a voice. God put a burden upon my heart and, and, and kept putting the, the, the thought just would not leave my head. It was, it was, and, and I prayed about it. I, I, I tested it I, I, against the word of God. I said, I came to the conclusion after arguing with God for 12 hours or so that this was God and not me. Because it made no sense for me to want to do it. Things were going well for me. What made sense was this is what God was doing. And then as, I, as, as God began to confirm that in other ways, as I approached other people, as I talked to my wife, as I talked to Pastor Williams, listen, God confirmed those things with me. And I had peace, not because I knew it, but because God gave me peace over that. God can speak to us in specific ways. God speaks to us, and uh, uh, in, in the Bible tells us we're, that we are to discern the spirits. Now, the word, now, a message of God will never contradict the word of God. It will always they'll always go along with it. That's why when you get these people that get up there and say, well, God gave me this message and it goes against the word of God, you can say, yeah, right. See you later. We're to have an attentive ear. And then we're to have to, that adherence embodied. We're to, we're to, we are to take the word of God, not just what it has to say for us, but we're to obey it. Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. James said it this way, be hearers of the word, not doers only. Or be doers of the word, not hearers only. 
There'll be an inward empowerment, just like, uh, just like uh, our children uh, can be filled with the Spirit. We are to be filled with the Spirit as well. And our obedience to God is just that. It's obedience to God. He is the ultimate authority figure. And as our kids are learning about authority in obeying their parents, uh, we are, and we have learned authority in obeying our parents and obeying the government and the other authorities God has placed in our life. Ultimately, the greatest authority is who? God. And we're to learn to obey him. And it's funny, just like kids can sometimes have an outward obedience, but an inward rebellion, so can we. We can be doing what's right, we can, but inwardly we're not happy about it. Inwardly we're grumbling, inwardly we're complaining. And instead of joyously, happily serving God to bring honor and glory to his name. Because just like our children are to obey their parents, we are to obey our or honor our, our, their father and mother, we are to honor our Heavenly Father. We're to revere Him. To have the inward attitude of willing submission and understand that He is King of kings and Lord of lords and He sits upon the throne of our hearts. And as amazing as it is, that command that comes with promise comes to us as well. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. As soon as my pages stop sticking together. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of God. And in his law, or in the word, doth he meditate day and night. Means his ears are attentive. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in a season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Does that sound like a promise to you? promise of long life and a promise of, uh, of, of blessings upon his life. Uh, that leaf will not wither and whatever he do shall prosper. I don't know about you, but I want success in my life. I want to prosper in my life. Now prospering according to the word of God and prospering according to the world may be two different things. right? Uh, I, this is not a promise that I'm going to be a millionaire. This is not a promise that I'm going to have a job uh, that, that provides uh, me with multiple cars and toys and, and uh, vacation homes and those types of things. Uh, that, it's not a promise of that kind of prospering. It, it's a promising that the hand of God will, will, will bless my life and, and, and work in my life. I look back to, 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 the, to Joseph. Listen, Joseph went through some difficult times in his life. But but the hand of God moved in those difficult times in his life. That even, and and he, while he did what was right, while he was obedient, it got him cast into a pit and, and, and nearly murdered by his brothers because they were jealous uh, of the father. And, and they, they didn't like him. They didn't like his dreams. And they got him cast in there. But listen, God... God moved and God blessed, and, and instead of killing him, uh, he, was sold to, he, he was sold as a slave. So you go, well, that's not much better. 
No, it's not. But, but, but God moved and worked in his life so that, so that uh, uh, even, though, even though he was in that position, uh, uh, as he was sold as a slave, uh, he, was, he became uh, number two in, in that slave owner's house. Had a control of everything except for the wife of the slave owner, and she wanted him. And he did what was right. And that got him cast into prison because she, she accused him of attacking her and he didn't do it. And, and, and so they threw him into prison and, and he did what was right. And the hand of God moved. And, 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 and he was put in charge of the new prisoners that were coming in. So how does this make sense? How is this a life that you would want to live? God, God promised prosperity. and brought this, I don't see any prosperity here. In the end, he's, he's prosperous. Now, uh, that, again, this doesn't guarantee us power or fame. What this does guarantee is that God's hand will be at work in our life. It doesn't mean that we'll never go through difficult times, because we will. In fact, the Word of God, Jesus promised us that we will face tribulation. But God will always be there. God will always help us to, to prosper, to be faithful. And in the end, the, the, the greatest blessings that we can understand, that we'll, ever understand, that we'll ever have, are those that we can't fully understand until we get to heaven. Those things that are promised in Ephesians chapter 2, that one day that we'll see the fullness of his goodness, the fullness of his kindness, and the riches of his grace when we get to heaven. I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't care about if I ever get to drive a Lamborghini. It would be nice. It would be, it would be awesome. to. to I, would get take, I would get so many tickets, it wouldn't be funny. So, so... Being prosperous would be God doesn't give me something like that. <laughs> but being prosperous is being faithful and, and, and looking for the grace of God in my life. If, if nothing more, God's given me his grace and his mercy. I am prosperous. I am so much better off than I was. We have the promised outcome. So kids, I encourage you. I obey your parents. Adults, I encourage you. May God, God will bless. Do with loving hearts. Uh, not necessarily that we love what we're doing, but we love the one who we're doing it for. As a parent, I don't want my kids to obey me out of fear. And there are some kids that obey their parents out of fear. Fear of retribution, fear of what might happen. And to, I'm still going to stick with my half hour, so... So we'll get into the second half of it this afternoon. But about the parents. But we don't have to obey God out of fear. We talk about we, we talk about the fear of God being the beginning of wisdom. It's the, it's only the beginning. We reverence him because of his great power. But the more we get to know him, we also get to know his love, his mercy, and his grace. And knowing his love and mercy and his grace, yes, I, I don't want to—I don't want to be under his wrath or his retribution. But as his, as his child, we were not under his wrath any longer. We received his grace and his mercy. May we obey him as he's called us to. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. God, I, I pray that you would just teach, touch each and every one of our hearts and lives. Thankful that these truths exists not just uh, for our kids, but even for us as adults. Lord, help us to be obedient to your word. Help, our, help us to, to be submissive to your authority in our lives. You, you are to be the greatest authority. God, help us to, 
to serve you, not out of fear, but out of love, because we've honored you and we've, we've placed that value upon you, Father. You deserve it. You are our God, our creator, our everything, our savior. God, help us to, to, to serve you, help us to love you, and uh, Lord, may you have your way in our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray.